You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week on Friday afternoon to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Celebrating a sweep here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation, as well as Dime Magazine, and you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. You can also, most importantly, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. And that is right. We are celebrating a sweep of the Houston Rockets, one that has to feel pretty good for Chris Paul. Um, on today's show, the Suns win 126-120 at home over Houston. Um, game that got a little tight late. We'll get into that in just a second. We'll get into uh, that defining stretch of the game. The Suns pushed the lead from five all the way up to uh, double digits again over the course of a couple of minutes. Something they probably could have and should have done a little bit earlier, but they are back into the win column in two straight games now. So we'll talk about that in a second as well. Get into the positives, mainly the bench and why it has come alive. I'll give you a clip from Monty Williams explaining um, how and why that has come together recently a little bit more than it had last week. And uh, we'll close the show with a little bit on DeAndre Ayton, actually, a, uh, a recap segment that I used to do at the beginning of the season and I have gotten away from Uh how many free throws did DeAndre Ayton take is the name of that segment. We'll do that to close out the show. So stay tuned for some Ayton talk there after he played really well against Christian Wood and the Rockets once again, the second time in a week that he's done that. But um, let's get into the, the stretch of the game that defined this one really quickly here because I do want to break that down for you guys. We get to DJ Wilson of all players, uh, former Buck who went to Michigan, got drafted really high after one of uh, Michigan's tournament runs and He's now in Houston, gets an and one layup, driving to the basket with five minutes and 45 seconds left. Aiton fouls him. He makes the free throw. The Suns are down. Suns are up only five. Uh, Houston down just five. Um, so then after that, really what I wanted to highlight here, the ball just went to DeAndre Ayton over and over and over. And that proved to be a winning recipe. Not in the post, not in the mid-range, not at the elbow, but getting him easy dunks and layups to close the game because the Suns made a ton of threes tonight. That, of course, is uh, the big takeaway, and I will dive into what that means for the team and and why it happened and and everything else when we talk about the big storyline from this game. But in this stretch, it's really the the repercussions, the positive uh, momentum that you get from making all those threes is what opened the floor for DeAndre Ayton. So he gets a layup from Chris Paul. He gets an alley-oop dunk from Devin Booker a couple moments later. Then uh, Aiton rolls to the rim. Jay Crowder gets the ball into Devin Booker inside. And then you see uh, the Rockets score. Uh, another one right there, an alley-oop. Christian Wood, empty stats today. I just, I mean, I don't know of another way to say it. He does not play much defense, and it, it, it definitely is like a someone-needs-to-score type of situation for this Rockets team. And with him having the athleticism and size that he has, yes, he's going to go off some nights. His numbers are going to look pretty 25 and 15 tonight on 67% shooting. But anyone who watched this game knows that Aiton won that matchup. So, uh, yes, Christian Wood got some buckets late in this one, but I, I don't buy into it much. And then to close things out here, 
Three minutes and four seconds to go. Another alley-oop dunk for DeAndre Ayton, giving him uh, his final points of the game. His final stat line, 18, 8, and then three steals. So that one puts an exclamation mark, kind of caps off the game. It it gets to an 11-point lead at that point for the Suns. The Rockets do get it within six to close the game out, but that's with some wonky turnovers and Kevin Porter just dunking on people. It's a weird weird ending to the game, but it didn't really get close again after that, and that was where the Suns took it home. And they did so by using the floor spacing, using the respect that the Rockets were giving their shooters, and then getting the ball inside to DeAndre Ayton for easy, easy looks over and over, and uh, that decided the game. I think Ayton had 8-10 points in the fourth quarter, so... Not very often we see him be the scorer to close out the games, but it was really everyone driving and kicking and then getting the ball to him off of uh, initial action. So good stuff and a way that Aiton can impact the game on offense without being fed in the traditional way. So would not surprise me if we saw some similar nights come playoff time for him. It's definitely a way that that the Suns offense gives him, organically creates for him easy looks. So, so good stuff. We'll get into Aiton's game more later on. Um, however, want to give you the big storyline of this game too, because it wasn't just that they came back and, and put the bow on the game like that. It was also um, just that they found a way to dominate this team, right? That they have some struggles against lesser teams. And, and Monty Williams said post-game, this is not the standard that they want to set. This is not acceptable to them to let this team get close again, not put the finishing touches on the game. But at the same time, you know, Crowder, Aiton, and Paul all played 30 or less minutes. This game was well in hand for most of it, and it gave them some rest heading into Miami. The way that they did that, though, is part of this story. They just got incredibly hot from three. I mean, that goes without saying. An easy look at the box score will tell you that. Almost nobody had a cold night. I mean, the worst shooting night on the team was either Bridges or Craig, and they went one of three. So even that's not too bad at all. Jay Crowder, of course, highlighted it with an 8 of 12 performance. He uh, made 8 in the first half, and then I only ended up taking a 2 or 3 in the second half. But they just were completely unconscious from deep. And I don't know if I'm going to say, like, here's what will happen when the Suns do that again. Because I don't know if it's something you can really count on. They were only four threes away from the most in NBA history this is the type of game that happens every day now, but at the same time, uh, one that only a few years ago would have gotten headlines for how many threes the Suns made. That's how hot they were. I guess the thing that I'm taking away from seeing them do this is that it's not unexpected to to, to think that they could do it in the playoffs, right? And so when you're thinking about a, a, a second-round series, even a conference finals against a great team, you kind of stack it up that way, right? Like, okay, let's say the Suns play the Clippers. You, you kind of go through it. You're like, all right, well, you know, Kawhi will probably have uh, – the Suns will have home court advantage. That's the first thing you tick off. Kawhi will probably have a game where he goes crazy. And I guess because it's the Suns, we'll probably see a game where Paul George goes crazy. That seems to be what he's done this year against Phoenix. You know, and then on the other side, okay, you know, Devin Booker might have one of those nights, etc., but when you, when you see the proof of concept that the Suns actually can get this hot, make this many threes, affect the, the randomness of a game, because that's really what three-point shooting is. It's random. And if you can have one night where you get so lucky that this many shots go down and you're able to create good looks and make them like this, it can really swing a game. You know, you, maybe this is the game where Paul George, in a hypothetical, I mean, and just picking the Clippers, but 
in that hypothetical second round series against the Clippers, Paul George gets gets crazy, goes crazy for 35, 40 points. Well, what if at the same time the Suns have one of these nights from three? You know, that starts to be what can turn a series with such small samples. Seven games is not a lot. It's not a lot of minutes. It's not enough really for any trends to develop. So if you can if you can swing a game by doing this, then yeah, you're not playing Houston's defense every night, but the Suns have this ability. They have the 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 talent and the the spacing and the shooting and the IQ to make this type of thing happen in the postseason. And that's the positive. That's what I'm coming out of this one really optimistic about if I'm a Suns fan is we know they now can do this, right? We've seen Booker do it. We've seen Paul do it. We've seen some big defensive nights, but now we've seen the three-point barrage. And that's just another arrow in their quiver, right? So um, that's, that's I think, the biggest cause for optimism. We'll get into more of the positives here in just a moment, uh, especially the bench getting back on track. I'll play you a clip of what Monty Williams had to say about the supporting cast in that second unit. Uh, but first, we'll take a quick break to tell you one more time about Locker Room, the first sponsor of today's show. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with folks like me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite squad or sport. We host rooms tends to be Thursday night or Friday night with Brandon, our Monday co-host, once a week, yes, for Thursday or Friday, and you can finally join and You can listen. You can be part of the conversations you hear on this podcast every single day. Locker Room is a perfect place to do it. You'll find fans just like you. They have a huge NBA channel. So Hoops fans are in the perfect part of Locker Room. You can use it for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and just chatting about big news or rumors. And again, you can chat with me and Brandon every single Friday where you can ask questions, you can go in the comment section, or you can come on stage with us and you can talk sons. You can ask questions and and go back and forth with us. Think of it just like a post-game radio show, right? That's what we try to do with it. So again, be sure to join us this week on Friday evening and go down the free Locker Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter account, join the NBA group for the latest league updates, and then follow me at Brendan Clean to be notified when my room goes live again. That is at Brendan Clean 14. Do not miss it. I'm planning to be live one more time for you guys this week on Friday afternoon. I can't wait to hear everyone's son's thoughts, whether that's on the stage chatting in the comments section, or just hanging out to listen. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today's show also brought to you by Rock Auto. I'm uh, This week on my to-do list is to buy that second sun visor. I've been telling you guys about my luck buying the driver's side to replace the one that fell off that was having the sun just stare me directly in the face for all of my drives. Honestly, coincidentally, the Suns Arena Drive was the one that it was the worst in because it's right at sunset when I'm heading over to catch the game and the sun would just be right there. And so that sun visor came in handy. I'm buying the passenger side today because I'm going to save a ton of money doing it at Rock Auto. I've checked the dealership, even checked big chain stores. And look, it's not the same price. It is, uh, it's changing. I feel like I look one day, it's this price. I look the next day, it's a little more. I know that I'm not paying the same as some of the professionals that go in there. And that all just honestly frustrates me, right? It frustrates all of us to deal with that. Whereas on the other hand, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate. They charge you the same price as if you're a do-it-yourselfer like me, or if you're a pro, it doesn't matter to them. They're a family business who've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They know how to do it. They know how to get you what you need 
for the cheapest price. So why spend up to twice as much? No, go to rockauto.com. Go right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you make your purchase, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's dive into the bench here. The Suns bench, which scored, uh, let's see, 31, 40, 43 points and had 11 assists, uh, including um, 15 threes of their own, 15 of the 25. So it was a lot of it coming from, it was like Jay Crowder in the bench, basically, with regard to the three-point shooting. So uh, I'm sorry, it was 12 threes for the bench, eight for Crowder. So that, that in and of itself was 20 of the 25. And that comes off the heels of a nice Wizards game where the bench played well. But prior to that, last week, those Jazz and Clippers games we talked so much about on the show, those games, the bench the bench playing poorly was a really big reason why. So let me play you the clip from Monty Williams talking about uh, why the bench was able to play better lately and what he expects and needs from them uh, to win games, to, to be what they can be. Here's what Monty said that they need to see. No, they, they've not only have they moved the ball, they've made shots, like you said, uh, but defensively, they've been a lot better. I feel like that group uh, understands on both ends that they need each other. The communication is at a high level. Javon gives us pressure on the ball, which really helps take away the offensive rhythm as, as far as the shot clock is concerned. Cam Johnson's done a really good job staying in front of different guys who have the ball. Um, Dario... A lot of times he's outmatched from an athleticism standpoint, but he talks on defense, does a decent job of staying in front of the ball against smaller guys. And, and Torrey's been been pretty good as far as guarding multiple positions. So, so that group just plays with a, a great uh, effort, but it's a team effort. They just know they need each other. So you hear that, and both ends of the floor, I think, are an open question come playoff time, right? Because – Tory Craig to me is is a specialist. He's a guy who allows you to downsize. He's a guy who can check the LeBron, Kawhi, Luka class of player, at least give you some extra minutes when it's not Crowder or Bridges. But at the same time, that's not a, a game-changing player. And it's kind of the same for everybody. You have you have Sharich Johnson, and that's pretty much it in terms of trustworthy two-way players. I think Payne can get there. And I hope that he does by playoff time, but the inconsistency is the issue. It's not that he's a negative on one end or the other. It's just that he doesn't do that every night. So you you have those three. Let's let's include Payne just for the sake of argument. And then from there, it's it really is specialists. And so Monty's saying there that they need each other to be at their best, I mean, is a great message to send to those guys, I think, because we don't have in Phoenix a, a player like a Jordan Clarkson or even a Rashawn Holmes or these types of guys, right? We don't we don't see that here. That, that's not the type of bench that the Suns have. And so what they need is a kind of collective effort, right? They need all of the specialists to do what they specialize in, and they need the that core three group to really ma- basically be the offensive engine of that second unit. And to keep the offense afloat when Booker or Paul are not in the game or when only one of them is in the game, right? So you need Dario to be a a, a pick-and-pop fulcrum, whether that's Paul, Booker, or Payne running it with him. You need him to be able to attack mismatches. You need 
Cam to be able to create space for his teammates to attack closeouts and keep the, the ball um, pinging around, keep that point five going. And you need him to be able to handle defensively when he is playing with the starters or when there is a wing scorer on the court and he's there, right? So you need Carter to be his his bulldog point of attack self and make some shots. Like they aren't going to be able to just hand the ball to one sixth man of the year type of player and then let that guy win those minutes and then have the starters come back. Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, those guys are a bench, right? They are a bench unto themselves. You just hand them the ball for 12 minutes a game and and they run things and then you're pretty happy and and then your stars come back in. That's not how this Suns team works. So I thought Monty saying that was really keen and I'm sure it's a big part of the reason that they have had success is that he's ingraining into them that they are going to need to play together, to play off of one another, to uh, maximize one another in order to be at their best. Because the reality is like, yes, benches get thinner come playoff time, but at the same time, like you can't, you can't have five players, right? You need seven or eight at least, and then the specialists help you. So the Suns can't go into the playoffs with Dario on this cold streak that he had been on or Payne being this inconsistent, right? I think we pretty much trust that Cam Johnson can be a 3 and D sort of forward option. I feel pretty good about that at this point. But those other two guys are so vital in terms of keeping the team afloat when the Stars are not on the floor. So it's a very good sign that they were able to get back on track today and uh, and in wash against Washington on Saturday, and that they're stringing together some good performances. Yes, the the playoffs are still a month or so away, but if they can get some better nights under their belt, head into the postseason with the right type of momentum, the Suns will feel pretty good about that because the starting lineup is clicking. They've been really really good ever since it went back to Crowder. So now I feel like the attention kind of turns to those 12 to 15 minutes a game where you're not having the starters on the floor. What happens then? And is there at least something that the Suns can fall back on? And yeah, you're, you're seeing the, the ball movement and shot making and, and IQ really bring them to a higher level as Monty identified right there. So um, we'll see if that continues against elite competition again. Miami's a nice test. And then the road trip looming next week with a lot of East Coast teams, the best teams in the East really all kind of together on that trip. If the Suns can do it then, with that bench, you'll feel even better. We'll talk to DeAndre Ayton on the other side of the break, but first, one moment to tell you about BetOnline.ag, our good friends over there, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. There might not be one specific day of the, of the week that you dedicate to betting like you might during the football season, but that just means there's more every single day. The NBA, NHL, and MLB all in full swing now. We had the Masters done, but tennis and golf heat up over the summer. Uh, what, NBA draft coming up? There is everything really going on right now. Um, NFL draft, I'm sure there are props to bet on there. And Bet Online has you covered for all of it. Real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. They have you covered for news, scores, and odds to inform yourself when you place a bet. And best of all, Bet Online is free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to make an account and use the promo code LOCKED ON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device. Sign up today. And when you make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Closing out the show with a oldie but a goodie here on the recap segments which is 
How many free throws did DeAndre Ayton take tonight? The answer is three. He missed all of them. It's a very low number. But I actually want to kind of not, not, not prove myself wrong or anything, but I think I want to at least revisit the free throw thing because the whole thought behind this segment in the first place last season or, or last year is what I was going to say, literally calendar year in like the December area with these games was uh, A, that, that Aiton was actually getting to the line fairly consistently. I'm just looking again over his first 15 or so games he had four or five where he got to the line five or more times, which is not Joel Embiid level or any of this, but it's it's better by far than it had been for him, right? So it turned some heads early in the season. And that's why I started talking about it. Haven't done it in a while because, well, the numbers have not been very high. And we're on a streak now. DeAndre Ayton has not made a free throw since the last time that the Suns played the Rockets last week. So that is now four games in a row. He didn't even attempt one in the past three, and then tonight he's 0 of 3. So what I want to reevaluate here is whether, because I think the thought had always been like to be more of an offensive weapon, to be somebody that can actually um, be a, a third major piece of a winning team, that Aiton was going to need to get to the line, right? That he was going to need to punish switches or... Uh, get in, you know, get on the offensive glass and impact the game on the interior, and that the only way that he was going to do that was going to feature a heavy dose of of foul shots. And I think that's still true. You know, the the best version, the prime version, in a few seasons of DeAndre Ayton is probably going to feature a lot of that. You know, getting smaller guys on him and forcing them to foul him, getting even more aggressive on the offensive glass to the point where he has to be hacked. Otherwise, he's a threat to put back any miss that that current caroms off the rim, right? But right now, he's proving all of that wrong. He he's not getting to the line, and I think that Utah game was one of the better ones of the season for him. And then you know tonight, dominating Christian Wood again in a different way than the last time, but but really closing that game as I went over to open the show and not getting to the free throw line, right? So he's finishing on the pick and roll. He's you know, getting a little bit of consistent post-up opportunities, not, you know, a certain amount every night or anything, but but they're there and he's finding a way to be useful. He had a nice one against Wood tonight where he uh, spun inside and then reversed back outside and then up and under the basket for a layup that went in. That was a nice one. But Aiton just doesn't play a style that lends itself to being fouled. And, and so I think it's just worth revisiting that, he is impacting the game at a high level on offense and on defense, although that's obviously not related to the foul shooting, without having to do that, without being fed the ball in the post and, and just, you know, getting slapped on the arm and going to going to the foul line 10 times a game, right? There are different ways to do this. And so, look, I've, I've been one to say it. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm bringing it up now. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at how many, how many free throws did DeAndre Ayton take? That's the segment. Well, three, and he missed them. However, I mean, he's a plus two in the box score. He won his matchup against Christian Wood, and he closed this game out. So all things considered, and, and most of the Rockets' damage, by the way, was was done from three. So I don't even think their high-scoring night was really on him. It was, it was transition, and it was threes. I mean, defensively, the only mistake I can really see him making that I that's that's flashing to me that that had real real consequences that and one, the foul he had on DJ Wilson during that stretch I highlighted at the beginning. So 
Aiton has had several dominant two-way games without playing a style where he's really, you know, getting physical, rolling around in the mud with these other big men. And and yet he's he's really been a positive force. So that's worth mentioning. It's the opposite of what I intended that segment to be all the way back in December when I started it. But it, it actually does illustrate something about Aiton's game in a positive way, nevertheless, right now. So uh, we'll have to see if that continues. I, I think he'll get the ball less as the playoff go, playoffs come closer. And, and as we go through the playoffs, I don't think him in the post will really be an option much ever in the playoffs. So uh, we might see more nights like this where he's operating in that type of spot less but yet having more value toward winning games, which is a testament to him for adjusting. So I I wanted to highlight it. Uh, That closes us out, though, guys. 126-120 is the final score from uh, Phoenix Suns Arena. They were at home tonight. 53 games in the books, 38 victories there. Suns still in the two-seed, hoping to make up ground on Utah. You can keep it right here, right here. Subscribe to the show wherever you're listening right now. If you're already listening, it's never easier than right now. Hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button on whatever platform you're on because we have another game tomorrow. Suns Heat should be a nice test for the Suns. They really handled Miami the last time. That was on the road. We'll see if things are different now. Heat look a little different, but I think the Suns should be able to handle them. So stay tuned after the final buzzer to uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday night and enjoy your day in the meantime, folks. Fun season, more games to come. Crazy week, honestly, with these games. So Keep it right here, like I said. Talk to you after the game on Tuesday.